The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. And welcome to another exciting edition of WCBA, powered, of course, by Ever-G. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. Today, we are excited to have Reverie Coffee Roasters in the house. Eat. That's what's up. My boy, Andrew, is here. Hello. How's it going? I'm well, thank you. You are well. Yeah, busy? We got things going, cooking right now. That's brewing. That's a better cooking. word. Brewing, brewing. <laughs> nice. That's that's always a good thing. Well, tell us a little bit about who you are and the name of your business and um, how long you've been in business. Well, I'm Andrew Goff. I uh, own um, Reverie Coffee Roasters since 2013 when we began mid-year. My business is a, a coffee roaster retailer is what we like to call it. We roast coffee, specialty coffee for all places. Uh, from churches to schools to other coffee shops, restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an industry I'm in. I guarantee uh, there's an in, there's an industry for you know uh, that, that has coffee. We we've been in all of them, I guess. Oh um, wow! I, I few I, I don't want to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it gets interesting. Let's uh, dive into that some more. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, but we're mostly known for our uh, retail coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, that we have uh, on East Douglas, right across mm-hmm. from Wichita East High. Um, we've been in that neighborhood in that general area for uh, over eight years now. And has it been that long? It has been that long. Wow. And, um, and back mm. in uh, December, uh, we started, or we, we announced that we purchased a coffee shop in North Newton, and that was uh, released um, to the public um, just at the time of this taping, actually. Very nice. So that's going to, uh, we, we purchased a company called Mojo's Coffee Bar oh, okay. up in North Newton on uh, the college campus, Bethel. And uh, we're super excited to get that rolling. That is really exciting. So you guys had some growth going on during this time. <laughs> we, we're experiencing some growth right now. Yeah, it's good. Are you going to keep it as Mojo's or going to roll it under Reverie? So we've decided that it's good to keep the Mojo's name for the time being, but we're going to call it Reverie Roasters or Reverie Coffee Roasters at Mojo's. Yep. Mojo's ah. worked really hard to build a, a community business. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fear was that if we take away the Mojo's name, yeah. there goes some of the customers that mm-hmm. are, uh, the seller was really worked so hard to, to create. So we're going to keep I was hoping that was the answer, but it's, it's your business. So yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that was the answer. That seems smart. smart. Yeah. 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 So how many employees do you guys have now? Uh, you know, I think today we have 17 employees. Kind of understand like where that was uh, two years ago. We had thirty four. Okay. So, um, but we're working very differently now than we were back in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. 
And so half the employees, but most everybody's working full-time now, which is kind of interesting uh, for the service industry. Um, that all is. but one of my employees is pushing almost 40 hours a week, which is really important. And um, we're also open 38 less, less hours a week right now. So in the grand scheme of things, we're working fewer hours, but our business is actually doing a lot better. Excellent. Um, which is a story you might hear from time to time from people well, I'm interested. The last two years. Yeah. I, can we dive into that just a little bit? A bit. Um, so you go, you went from having 30-something employees, uh, multiple locations, lots of hours, to the pandemic hitting, you readjusting and finding out that there's a, a different way in which you can do this business and be more profitable. Talk to us a little bit about that process. So I think when we entered 2020, we had already had the intention of tightening up the belt a little bit. Um, we knew that it needed to happen. We're a business that, and I'm, anybody who knows me knows I'm pretty open. I'll tell you everything because I don't hold any special secrets to anything. Um, but that we, we knew that we had a business that wasn't profitable but had all the potential. We just needed to get through the last few bits, um, what I like to call dollars and cents, the difference between dollars and cents. We still had a few dollars to cut off before we got to the nickels and dimes. Mm. And what happened with COVID and having to shut down and start to rethink everything, and as we reopened, we changed our thinking a little bit and allowed us to cut right through those dollars real fast and build back the business that we felt made more sense for us. Um, I wouldn't say it was very strategic. We didn't know in advance that was going to be that way. <laughs> it was more or less because we didn't know what the future held for us. So yeah. we didn't want to add too much back too fast and then fall flat on our face. And so with the assistance from the government, you know, the different tools that were made available to small businesses, mm -hmm. um, that combined with a complete reapproach to how we interact with our staff and communicate to our customers and then rebuild our business. And on top of that, we had some pretty amazing growth occur in our wholesale business, which has always been the smaller part of our business. We ended up much stronger. And now we're, you know, we're, we're reshaping the business carefully with the nickels and dimes, which any operator will tell you that's where the profit lies is in the nickels and dimes. Um, right. You just can't start with that. You know, you, you got to work on the big stuff first. So the wholesale has increased tremendously during this time. Yeah. So during COVID, when everything shut down, we hit our rock bottom. Um, I think we hit 30% of our sales, which is really a hard place to be. Mm -hmm. um, the two member team of that department that was still remaining uh, we got them down to where they were working only four days a week. We did a reduced work week to help, you know, compensate for their time. And they just didn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. And then we hit that bottom point. But over that same time frame, we added like 20 new customers, which was really weird to have virtually no wow. business. But we still had, you know, about 20 new customers get signed up and say, we're going to open up and or we're going to take your product on as soon as we reopen. A bunch of churches rethought how they're doing things. Mm -hmm. um, and we got them all set up with equipment. And we just waited. And then by the time the year was over with, we did a couple of amazing things. One is we inked a deal that would later become a January win for us. Um, but about four months we spent working on a big, big project with a convenience store chain. And so that consumed our time. But also we ended up about 20% up from the previous year which we don't know how that was possible. It was just, we, we got bigger, even though we had some of the smallest months we've ever had really wow. in, in recent years. And then into 2021, by the middle of January, we had already started a trend that we were up 30% year over year from the previous best year we've ever had. And that was all with one major customer. And 
there's a Facebook post I put out of a pallet full of coffee from back in January of last year. The day I posted that, I got a call from the county's largest employer, and they called me and said, we want you as well. Wow. And so we had that started, and it just kept the momentum going. It was an amazing, this has been an amazing year. That is um, awesome. And I, you know, I think majority of that happened because of all the social media posts that I made at your shop <laughs> when I was there every day. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's all you. <laughs> no, congratulations. Oh, Seriously, you. that is huge. And, and, and I know I'm going to give Donna a chance to talk here in a second, yeah, but right. I'm really <laughs> <Just> fascinated <laughs> about um, your employees and how you have to restructure that now that you, you know, you have less people and they've gone from part-time to more of a full-time type of a situation. And we know a lot of uh, service industry people are not having the best of luck with employees, but it sounds like you have the right mix and it sounds like you have a recipe that's working for you right. guys. So this will probably be an unpopular opinion and I'll get calls and emails about this, but if, if, if we're an operator and this is really in any business and you haven't rethought how you hire people, mm -hmm. where you find people and the message that you're delivering to those people, be it through the process of hiring or you as a company, what you believe in, what you stand for. And this time right now, when people, when the world is completely different than it was two years ago, then you're going to get left behind and things are going to change. It's going to be hard. When we started this process, we had a very employee forward thinking because every decision we made about shutting down affected our people um, from when they were first eligible to receive unemployment benefits. Um, but yet wanted to balance that with being able to still have a social life whatever that was going to look like, the process of reopening and all the mandates or changes that they were forced to consider, all of that we did with their thoughts in the front of our mind rather than what's best for the business. Because what we realized through this process that what's best for the employees is always going to be what's best for the business. Mm. They'll take care of you, mm -hmm. take care of your customers. And so we literally moved from the customer first to the employee second to the community third. We actually reversed the first two. And that recipe allowed us to really figure out what makes sense for our business. As some of our employees moved on, you know, they went off to college, some went, became a professor, some people moved on and, and didn't get rehired back on, and that's okay. It was a better fit for them to move, go somewhere else. The staff that we had then said, we want to work full-time. We don't mm -hmm. want two or three jobs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of part-time um, workers in the service-based business is, uh, this is this will probably be unpopular too. Uh, the industry needs people to be part-time so they have availability of staffing. And right now, there's nobody... Not, not as many people want to be part-time available. Mm -hmm. They typically also come with lower paying wages right. because right. their dependency is lower. And we didn't, we didn't like that. Um, so we're, we're uh, well, in a, in a funny documentary I saw, the, this, the employees wore shirts that said part-time all the time, which is in a fast food industry thought, you know, and uh, we, don't, we don't have that uh, in our place right now. We have wow. one employee that works part-time because uh, they have a professional career outside of it, and mm -hmm. it's just a place for them to hang out with their friends. <laughs> um, I love that. And so we, we are open to that. It has created challenges, though, because we now get a capacity and we can't, we have nobody to go to. Yeah. So that's that's the flip side. So that's where the necessity of having part-time employees comes into play. So we're, we're navigating that right now. But tell us, how did Reverie get started? What's your entrepreneurial story? So in 2012, I'd kind of gone through a pretty traumatic year from losing a grandmother, having a baby, my second baby. 17 days later, losing my mother, and then uh, a series of other things that occurred that are all in the same topic of loss. Um, created a really interesting time for me up in my head. And so after I had got done 
doing a bunch of personal related matters. I decided to go ride a bike race out in the middle of the desert, 125 miles. Once that was done, I had like to think about what I wanted to do next. And in my career, I worked for um, a local bank here in town, working uh, in the retirement planning sector. Um, I love my job. I love what I did and who I work for, but it just wasn't enough. And so I had a friend approach me simultaneously and said, would you want to start a business together? And I funded the business, started Reverie um, as a roasting operation or retail store. Um, the partnership quickly you know, failed um, and we had to figure out how to remedy that for the best interest of both of us. And so from that point forward, I was working kind of a double life. Um, by day, I'd work in retirement plan education, travel around mostly the state and, um, and by afternoons, evenings, um, and really in my head, could never stop thinking about it, this mm-hmm. business. Uh, I had to hire people that were, you know, not the partner uh, to replace them, but it started to take off. And we had our little shop on East Douglas, um, different from where we are now. And the, it it thrived, it did well, but I was an absent partner. So eventually about two and a half years into running this business, I was able to finally leave my job. And uh, in 2015 became um, an employee of my own company Mm -hmm. and have been there ever since. Um, And we've gone from one little location, we moved to our new current location and simultaneously opened up a location actually next door uh, to the chamber office, which we later closed 14 months later uh, inside the Garvey Center. Yeah. And the same year, a few months later, we opened up inside the new Advanced Learning Library, um, which had been a really good, yeah. you know, good project. Uh, the people are literally today unloading the gear from there uh, today because that endeavor uh, didn't make it as well, considering the uh, we called I learned the gate count. Uh, for the library hasn't recovered yet from yeah. mm-hmm. from the pandemic and it just didn't make sense. So we've relinquished our contract. And so now we're down to one location uh, until we open up, uh, take assume control of Mojo's, Mojo's, which is happening right now. So yeah, it's uh, that our story is, you know, we've, you know, the makeup of our business, we went from zero employees to having, at one point, I think we had 49. We tipped that 50 person number, which was a very scary place to be. In 2018, between having three locations and having a restaurant that had a lot more staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, our wholesale operation has always kind of stayed the same size and continue to grow with the other brand or the mm-hmm. other business. Um, we since started a service company about three years ago that helps fix, sell, fix, repair, coffee equipment. So we have kind of dabbled in a lot of little things. Help me understand. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I, I enjoy it. Is rever- What is a reverie? Is, I mean, where do you come up with the name? So reverie means to become lost in one's thought, a daydream. Gotcha. That is the okay. Webster's definition. But yeah, it just means de- uh, daydream. Wow. Um, there's a personal story behind it, though. It's a fun name. It's a good name. Okay. It's reflective of you know what a coffee shop map atmosphere could be like, should be like in some cases. Um, but the real short story is in 2012, when my mother passed away, we actually spread her ashes at her favorite vineyard in California, which happened to be named Reverie. Oh, and so I discovered okay. the name at that time. I was unfamiliar, but it, made, it meant a lot to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was a real class act, um, awesome person to be around. Yeah. And so unfortunately missed 100% of what we did here. Um, but I think she'd be proud. I, you know, I just get inspired listening to your story. And it's a lot that I didn't, I guess, realize. I didn't even know you had a service company. So that's something new. It's just something that happens in the background behind a, you know, when you're a wholesale seller of coffee, there's gear that has to be set up and installed and repaired and replaced. And and if you're, um, you know, if you're wanting to, people to buy your product, you got to make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. But we True. also have a need for ourselves. You know, we have to fix our own stuff. 
At one point, we have three locations and constantly having to fix stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the business. It's part of the business. So you created a new business (laughs) (laughs) to take care of that. All right. So my go-to is always Pope's Choice. Um, What's some of your favorites? I mean, when people ask me what my favorite thing to enjoy at our own shop, it's always black coffee because, for one, I don't do a lot of sugar and milk mm-hmm. personally. But when I do, it's always like a real big treat for me. Um, but my favorite thing on our menu is a go-to um, in our black coffee arena is, uh, well, it's one of two things. It depends on my day. Uh, we have one called Moonless Midnight. It's a oh, really yeah. delicious blend of uh, two coffees uh, right now. It's a Colombia-Mexico blend, and it's a little bit darker. So it's a little bit when I feel like something more chocolatey and, you know, darker and tasted, that's the way to go. Uh, but we almost always have a light roast and it's usually an Ethiopian coffee. Yeah, and if you know much about specialty coffee, you know, the the undisputed heavyweight winner every year always is going to be Ethiopian coffees. Yep. And my preference would be a natural coffee. And that's one that's a little bit more fruity and juicy and has um, like dis- discernible berry notes that you can taste in it. Wow. A little bit different than what you might expect out of a of a typical coffee that people will drink. Mm-hmm. So that's my go-to. But the other thing I'd be really proud to, sh- to point out is every single sauce, syrup, flavor that we make, we do we make it in-house. And there's quite an array of flavors that our teammates have come up with. We have one employee that spends a, a pretty significant amount of time coming up with some of the strangest concoctions you can ever imagine. And they are fantastic. So if I'm feeling like a cold beverage, I would recommend getting an espresso tonic. And that's something that's going to have espresso, mineral water, and then some sort of flavoring syrup with it. And it could be citrusy. It could be fruity. And it sounds really odd yeah. and weird. Um, they tend to be sour. It's really a delight, uh, different. Um, huh. All the way to, you know, typically on our special menu, um, we'll have something weird. You know, like we make a pistachio um, extracted or extraction um, to make a syrup. And that's just kind of weird. Um, we've recently used uh, pecans to make kind of a praline flavored That sounds drink. delightful. Um, and it's just, you know, anything off that menu is going to be a hit. So do you come up with these recipes? Like, are you sleeping at night and just no. <laughs> like no. pistachios start going around in your mind? And I mean, no. like, what does this look like? <laughs> what, I'm dream- what I dream about at night is enabling people to do that for yes. me. Because... I'm not, I mean, I'm be honest, I'm not the most creative person, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I believe that you can inspire people to do their best. And when you hire someone who's really creative, you know, let them, put them to work, let them yeah. thrive in their role. And that's what, exactly what's happened in this scenario. We've come up with stuff that's just wilder than I can ever imagine. I love it. Yeah. Well, friends, it's time to hear from our sponsor and we'll be back to hear more with Andrew and Reverie Coffee Roasters. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. We need your input to continue to improve the business environment in Kansas and to ensure the success of our members. See wichitachamber.org for more information. 
To provide us input about this podcast series, send an email to communications at wichitachamber.org with your questions, comments, and suggestions for the business leaders we should feature and important topics we should address. Welcome back, friends. We are here with Andrew from Reverie Coffee Roasters, and we're just hearing a little bit about his entrepreneurial journey. It's been fascinating sitting here and having this conversation with him. So much I didn't know or realize. Um, Andrew, now, you know, a lot of people love coffee, but a lot of people don't love coffee, right? Mm -hmm. But the good news is at Reverie, you guys offer a a lot of different things. Like um, I've had the opportunity of to host different people when they're in town at your shop and I can come in the morning or afternoon to have coffee or I could potentially have a cocktail with them in the afternoon. Um, But there's also food. Let's talk about that. Boy, if you follow us on our journey, we've gone from nothing, no food, to some baked goods to arguably one of the better brunch restaurants in town to like one of the not so exciting restaurants in town because our food program has changed dramatically. But what happened in the last 12 months, again, another interesting story from the pandemic, our baker, one of our chefs in our kitchen Mm -hmm. now turned baker, discovered an immense passion for building or making um, what I would consider like European style laminated pastries, which is one of the more complex things you can do in a kitchen. We've always had the tools. Uh, we just didn't have the motivation or drive to really put the program together. It takes a lot of labor, time, efforts. And so while he was kind of hiding out, hanging out, like a lot of people were during that time frame when we weren't serving food, uh, he picked up his passion at home. And when we brought him back, he took that and turned it into one of the best pastry programs in town. And I say that without a doubt, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we make traditional butter croissants, uh, pano chocolate, which is chocolate croissants, a ham and cheese croissant, and a, some sort of a fruited Danish, yeah. and then a variety of other things with that. Some of the traditional things we've done in the past, but these four basic items, plus a few that we do here and there that are very special, um, are just absolute dynamite. And the thing, I mean, I like to eat them. Yeah, so me, do you, I. You would <laughs> see, you'd notice yeah. I'd probably eat a few. Uh, but the thing that um, the thing that really tells me we're doing a good job is when other bakers from the region come and tell you that what you're doing is superb. Mm-hmm. Um, places that we would consider, you know, looking up to from out of town, mm-hmm. um, reach out and are telling us that we're doing it right, and that's huge. Um, I have a friend uh, who I've just known through owning a business who loves to come in and tell me that when she goes to France, she can't find pastries as good as the ones that we're making. Wow. And that like just makes me so happy. Um, <clears throat> and probably better than anything, um, to see an employee that has always just been solid. His name is Weston Townsley. Um, he's been a sous chef in a bunch of really great restaurants. Um, we brought him over from Siena, Tuscan Steakhouse, um, mm-hmm. probably two years ago, two and a half years ago, I guess, needed a different a change of pace. And so worked his way into this new role. And I've seen him go from being, you know, excited about the food culture in Wichita to being completely like overwhelmed with joy for like wow. the work he's doing. And I love just that he's able to do that with us. So that brings a whole different light to our kitchen. And the cool thing is it attracts more people. This is mm-hmm. part of what we said earlier about having a hard time hiring rethink how you do things. Uh, he's been able to attract some of the best staff to work for us. Um, we try all the websites and that we used to, to find jobs or people to buy higher jobs. It doesn't work, you know? Yeah. 
um, a couple social media posts and all of a sudden you've got some extremely good candidates um, working for you. People that said they would never go back into the kitchen are now <clears throat> working in our space because they want to work on that team. So that's awesome. Culture. Really cool. You're creating. Yeah. A culture. Well, every, every business has culture, right? It's just, is it a good culture or a bad culture? Yeah. And right. you know, can't say it's been perfect all these years, but it's really good right now. I'm very happy with that. Excellent. Well, I learned a new phrase. It's European style laminated pastries. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. That sounds top shelf to me. It I mean, is. <laughs> full of halo terms to make you feel good. Yeah, uh, oh my God. That's that's pretty cool. Another this off the wall question. Um, they say during the pandemic, especially in the throes of it, people turn to liquor. I mean, they just had to get to the liquor store. Did did you see an uptick in not the corporate, but just people coming in needing more coffee? Oh, coffee. I thought you were going to go with the booze. And like, no, we, we didn't sell alcohol for like a year. <laughs> yeah. um, and quite honestly, we're thinking about drop, dropping that part of our business. Um, really? Because it's just never been a big part. And okay. we're really happy closing at four o'clock most days, you know, right, right. get some good hours of rest. Um, yeah, I, I think the way the consumers bought coffee changed, especially in the very beginning when we went to, uh, we made a makeshift drive-through as part of our first like mm-hmm. efforts to figure out how to stay open. And we okay. put it in our warehouse, which is right behind our business right. and worked out the side of the door. Wow. We saw that people went from buying on average $8 or so on average per customer to over 11. Okay. And that's, that was interesting. I thought, and it came back a little bit when we opened dine-in, but uh, the people are spending a little bit more money when they come in. The frequency is about the same. You know, it's just, it, it's hard to explain exactly what they did differently, but okay. um we're at almost back to the volume we used to do back in 2019. We're really close, um, but we're working, like I said, 38 less hours a week open. Gotcha. So that's a good place to be. Another quick question. Could be off the wall. This is Don. <laughs> but um, one thing that I tried to do, I'm not trying to turn it into me, but I wanted to see if it was what's going on. I I felt compelled to really tip folks who are in fast, not fast food, in the service industry better than the normal 20, mm-hmm. 25%. Are you, is, is, am I normal or is that, did I think, that happen during the pandemic where? I feel like I personally may have done the same thing too. Um, you know, if you look at the machine and it has a button, I always, I would push the one to the right of the one. I always Custom. hit a little bit more. Exactly. I think a lot of other people feel the same way. In our store, it's interesting. We we started measuring the gratuitous portion of our mm-hmm. tickets, and that number has slowly, steadily increased from about ten percent to just under fifteen. The reality of that it doesn't sound like a big difference, but that's almost fifty percent more. It ends up being huge. Um, our staff right now, everybody that works on our front of house now makes over fifteen dollars an hour because the gratuity portion has been so great. Nice. Um, and to the point where actually some people are making almost nineteen dollars an hour, Excellent. and That's so we're great. really happy about that. And they don't want to change it; they love yeah. it exactly the way it is. So, so That's good. I that, think it's I think it's the way you see it. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was hoping folks would do that. I know I'm not. I just I just felt compelled because those folks are on the front line trying to make it pop mm-hmm. and doing this all this craziness and. They chose to come to work, you know, and things like that where others are not coming to work. Let's flip the script and go into community involvement. That's what I 
try to do my best in. How do explain the passion you guys have for community involvement? Because I, I see everywhere in community stuff. So a few years ago, someone asked me, like, what makes you different? And it, it was hard to bottle up exactly what that was because drinking coffee is an example. It's very subjective, right? Like, how do you say you're the best without saying you're the best? And that's never something that our industry actually really, we don't ever hardly ever say we're best. Yeah. Funny is there's a coffee shop in Kansas City that's called second best because nobody would actually say first best. <laughs> it's just kind of a thing we do. And so um, we just strive to be better every day. That's part of like what drives our coffee forward. But like what motivates us to, to drive better every day, it took a while to figure out how to like explain that. And I'm not sure, sure I can really explain it because it's more of about a feeling you get um, it's about a sense of like where you think you are today and where you think that you want to be in the future, both as an individual, as a community. So as we have thought through this over and over, I've come back to one idea. Um, and it was something that a good friend of mine had kind of identified to me through the word of one word opportunity. Um, my friend, Christina Long had said that you make opportunities happen for people and she was a really cool example of, of her interacting with her son in our coffee shop over hot chocolate as like that experience. And from there, I realized that what we do and what coffee shops that do it right do is create opportunity for people. And so when I really start thinking about what is my why statement, why do I do what I do? It's because communities bloom in the presence of opportunity, meaning communities might be suffering in some way, shape, or form. And in order for that to fix itself, you have to create opportunities for it to thrive, to help it thrive. Mm -hmm. And so flip the positive, negative to a positive. Right. Our community will bloom if you provide opportunity. And so we look at our space as a place for people to have meetings, your interactions with your clients, your friends, yep. people study, people pray, people get married, and people get divorced in our spot. spot. Uh, all of the above. It's so it has to be a place that's inclusive. It has to be a place that's for everybody. Um, try to remain neutral on politics. That was really hard in the last few years to do yeah. that. We want to create a place where people have the opportunity to think differently, even if it doesn't change their mind, just give them a, a chance. And so from that, though, we've decided in the last year that our purpose is to precipitate positive changes in our community actually in our communities, because our communities exist, not just Wichita. It could be another town. It could be our community of friends, community of um, other business operators. It could be our customers, of course, you know, that community. It's all part of one big thing. And so uh, we feel like the coffee shop is just part of that. We'll never claim responsibility for fixing anything. Um, we're part of all of our jobs to fix things. And so it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what we do or why we do it from that perspective. But I do know deep inside, it's what makes us um, me specifically excited to get up and go to work every day is knowing that the work that we do does matter. Mm -hmm. It does help individuals. It helps the community. And and that's that's what I can hang my hat on at the end of every night. Yeah. Excellent. And I can say this without saying it is that I'll be contacting you in Q1, latter part of Q1, because I got an idea. So I'm an ideas guy. Yeah. Uh, I will always hear the ideas, and sometimes I have too many of them. So, yeah. but I need better ones. So I need you to come down. <laughs> I'm rolling. Well, I don't know about one. the better Good. one. You know <laughs> I'm just joking. This you actually do have <laughs> really great ideas. <laughs> yeah, I won't Did say that again. That, Erase that part. No. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in there. Go eat. Yeah, Andrew. I mean, this has been quite lovely. Thank been. you, and it's been it's been fun. Um, I appreciate 
everything that you do. And I honestly, um, I, I can feel the the sense of community when coming into your place, right? Your space is um, just one of those places that you know that you can go in, you can relax, you can think. You, if you like, you said if you want to sit down and pray with someone, um, or you know, it's just very friendly, very open, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So, very last question for you. I'm curious to know who do you draw your inspiration from? Oh man, I draw a lot of inspiration from. Um, my father, mm. um, long basically his entire working career was an entrepreneur, and he always tried to protect me from starting my own business because <laughs> how hard it was, and I never listened to him. But yeah. uh, but I, you know, he, he he would encourage me, and then, but he did it himself, so I knew it was possible. And so I try to look to see how he treated people. Mm-hmm. One thing about my dad, you'll you'll know if you know him, um, is that everybody liked him. He made sure that everybody liked him. And I didn't think about it from that perspective until probably just right now, but that is a huge quality um, in what it takes to get people to be on your side and to think about you. Um, and it has to be genuine. Like there's just, you can't fake that at mm-hmm. all. And he never did. He was, he is a genuine person. So I draw a lot of inspiration from that. And it's very cliche to say your mom and dad, but I'll go flip back to my mom. Um, my mom gave, gave, gave her entire you know career to either helping my sister and I grow up to helping kids with disabilities until literally the time she died. But she never like wasn't fun. She mm-hmm. was like so much fun. And I feel like the work that we do has got to be fun. And so that's that's kind of where uh, I think I draw a lot of it from. Yeah. Um, just the two of them. That's, that's special. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for asking. Excellent. Well, it's time to do a little word association. I'll give you one word. You give me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your word. He looked, he rolled his eyes. (laughs) I think he side-eyed. I think he did some stuff, but that's okay. So let's get this leader. Winning. (laughs) See how easy that was. It was hard. That was a wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. College. One word? Can it be hyphenated? It can be hyphenated. I'm going to put a hyphenation in it. Not necessary. (laughs) There you go. Entrepreneur. Tired. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Get it. Wichita. Emerging. Hero. Wife. Chamber. Helpful. Failure. I got to come up with a single word. Mm. (laughs) It's hard when it's just one word. Hyphenated or Mm. run it all together. Renaissance. Family. Important. Vacation. Necessary. Fun. Sometimes. Last but not least, and you got to tell the truth, and it will be okay if it's not coffee. Beverage. Coffee. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we oh, have a winner. Definitely coffee. Thanks, Andrew, for coming through. Thank you, Don man. Ebony. I oh, really man. appreciate you guys. This has been so much fun, Andrew. Thank you so much. I, You know, it, it's just refreshing to be able to have a conversation and sit down and talk to you. And uh, so thank you for taking time out to chat with us. I'm honored. Thank you very much. Well, friends, we've come to the end of our segment. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you found value in today's segment, please share this with your friends and share it with someone who you think would want to hear this inspirational story. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. 
Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. Are you guys going to come up with a theme song for 2022? Some music? <laughs> for 2022? Yeah, just uh, think about it. Because I see on, on mm-hmm. your website, you know, there's something that says coffee for the people. Mm-hmm. You, you need to create something uh, around there. Coffee mm-hmm. for the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a bass player. Boom, 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 Just be me. See? Uh, we'll see. I don't know. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.